Ringer MLB Show is presented by Google Cloud. Companies around the world are solving their most important challenges with Google Cloud, like PayPal, who's solving for millions of daily hopes, dreams, and financial ambitions. And Google Cloud is helping them achieve their mission to transform the prosperity and opportunity of millions of businesses around the world. With massive scale and processing power, PayPal is connecting Main Street to every street. Google Cloud, what are you solving for? Visit g.co slash cloud slash solving. Hello and welcome to the Ringer MLB show. I am Ben Lindbergh. I'm joined by Zach Cram. Hello, Zach. Hello. Our colleague Michael Bauman will not be joining us today because he is traveling home from spring training and he will not be the only one traveling home from spring training because spring training is canceled. MLB announced on Thursday afternoon that it has officially canceled the rest of the spring training schedule and delayed the start of the regular season by at least two weeks. And on our last episode that was recorded a day ago and posted more recently than that, Michael and I had a quick conversation about COVID-19 and baseball's seemingly slow response to the pandemic. But obviously, the situation has changed, and we are here to discuss the implications of this news. So obviously, it, it would have been difficult to envision this happening as recently as a couple of weeks ago. But in the past few days, it became clear that it was inevitable, or at least it became clear to everyone except MLB, seemingly. So, Zach, you've already blogged about this. What is your immediate reaction? Well, I, I think this was, as you said, inevitable because we've basically seen every other sport take this step already. As right. soon as the NBA suspended its season last night after a player was reported to have tested positive, it seemed like everyone else was going to follow suit quickly. And we saw that in a bunch of other American sports today, the NHL, uh, NCAA, March Madness tournaments, a lot of colleges have said they're no longer going to participate in sports this spring. Uh, but even beyond that, I think it was kind of obvious it was going to get to this point. Uh, what was notable to me came earlier this week when uh, both the Japanese and Korean baseball leagues uh, announced a delay to their seasons, which mm -hmm. were, as we know, kind of timed to when uh, Major League Baseball's opening day was going to happen. So the fact that they already delayed, it kind of seemed like we were going to the, get to that point here anyway. Uh, MLB was reluctant to do so. Jeff Passan from ESPN reported just last night that baseball didn't think they would have to make a decision right away because their opening day wasn't scheduled for another two weeks. They would have time to make a decision. But I think given how quickly this situation is moving, they didn't actually have that luxury. Right. Yeah. Michael and I discussed that yesterday, that just looking at what was happening elsewhere in the world, it was hard to reach the conclusion that it wouldn't happen here. But there is kind of a complacency in a sense that, well, it'll be different here. We will avoid the worst of it. And yes, I, I think it's true that because baseball season was not in full swing yet. There was a little more time to consider things and no baseball player has publicly tested positive, at least that we know of yet. 
And so the pressure was perhaps uh, at a slightly lower pitch for baseball. But spring training games were going on in states that obviously have been affected by the virus. And that means that people were congregating at these games in a way that goes against the recommendations of most of the experts. And so I think, as Michael and I said, it, it was starting to seem irresponsible that MLB was not doing something about it. And then I think the pressure mounted once the other sports leagues decided that they were going to suspend. It was only a matter of hours until MLB would follow suit. And so now we are seeing something that we have not seen since 1995, which is a delayed start to the season. And Zach, I know that you kind of ran through the, the precedents, not that there are many of them for a delayed start or a shortened schedule. So we're still waiting to see. Obviously, it's really impossible to speculate about when baseball will be packed because so much of that depends on the spread of the pandemic and the treatment. And that's something that's very difficult to predict. But what can past instances tell us about how baseball may handle this? Yeah, I think there are very few precedents for this. Basically, every recent one, whether it was 1995 or 1981, uh, were labor relations when mm -hmm. uh, the players and owners just didn't agree and there was a strike or a lockout. Uh, the only other real precedent comes from 1918, over 100 years ago, when uh, World War One caused the season to end early. Uh, they ended on Labor Day that year and just played the World Series like the second week of September uh, to get that in as quickly as possible before more materials were needed for the war effort. But this isn't really the same situation, obviously. Uh, I think the 1995 example, if baseball is able to return in two weeks or by the end of April somewhat quickly, the 1995 example would serve as a useful model. That season, teams played 144 games, so it was shorter, uh, but they were still able to get most of the games in, play the World Series as normal, etc. But Ken Rosenthal reported for The Athletic last night that owners might want to still push for 162 games worth of revenue. And if they do that, then that would require more uh, flexible scheduling, whether it's canceling the all-star game and playing through that week or extending the regular season through October, uh, which would mean the playoffs go to November. And then you would need like to play all the world series games in a neutral site as a dome, because you can't play baseball outside in a lot of the country in November. So I think this causes a lot of logistical difficulties down the line, you know, if, or when baseball can return. But I think those logistical difficulties were why, or one of the reasons why, Baseball had to uh, postpone right now because it wasn't just about the responsibility of making sure that people could stay safe, although that's obviously hugely important. It was also that local and state governments were starting to take the decision out of MLB's hands. Right. Uh, half of the league, I counted 15 teams, play in cities or states that have banned large public gatherings. So that means you wouldn't have been able to play in front of fans. And once you get to that point, I, I don't think it's realistic to have an entire model built that way when opening day couldn't have gone as scheduled in the first place. Yeah. And when MLB was still sort of in denial about this and was desperately looking for some alternative to postponing the start of the season, they were talking about finding neutral sites, finding places to play that had not been affected by the virus. But that seemed untenable to begin with. It's optimistic for one thing to imagine that there will be places unaffected or that MLB could predict what those places would be weeks in advance. And 
then obviously you don't want to spread the virus to those places. And of course, you can potentially play in empty stadiums and just play not in front of fans, but then there's a player safety issue too. You have a whole network of people who have to come together to play baseball games, even if the thousands of people in the stands are not there. And Granted, the players are young and healthy and strong and in an age group that in theory should not be at the highest risk, but that doesn't mean they're at no risk and you can't ask them to put themselves in harm's way for entertainment's sake. And so we will see whether MLB will just content itself with a a shortened schedule, which again, it's happened before. A lot of people, frankly, think the baseball season should be shorter anyway. So I guess uh, that that's happening maybe whether they want it or not. But if they do decide to play later into the year and, and play indoors, then that would really require some, you know, spinning plates and, and shuffling pretty quickly to find places to do that. So it's really impossible to foresee exactly what will happen now. But we do know that 1995, once it got started, it proceeded in an orderly fashion. It was baseball. It looked like a regular season, obviously, with all of the baggage that came with the work stoppage and, and people being upset about that. But when baseball does get back, it will it will be back on track, one would expect. And I know that uh, you were saying, perhaps tongue-in-cheek, that you wish that the split season from 81 would <laughs> come back. I don't know whether you actually feel that way or not, because then you get a, a two-half season and you have to win one half at least to qualify for the playoffs. And then you have weird situations where people have already qualified for the playoffs in the first half, but still have to play the second half and have no motivation to do well. Were you half serious about wanting to see a split season? Well, I was just thinking that in my office, I recently received a gift, which is a book called Split Season 1981. And I haven't had a chance to open it yet, but I think I'm going to read it now and and see what happened. I believe in 1981, like two of the teams with the best records in baseball didn't actually qualify for the playoffs because they didn't win either half. This situation, I, I think, like speculating about what might happen for the rest of the season is important, but also not where we are right now. If you read MLB's uh, announcement today, there are just a whole lot of we don't really know what's going on. We'll continue to monitor the situation. And that mm-hmm. isn't unique to baseball. That's unique to these other sports and these other politicians as well, where we're kind of uncertain what will happen specifically because this is an unprecedented situation. And if you don't have Uh, history to rely on, it's harder to act uh, for the future. And I think we got the announcement today and there's still some information to trickle out. I think it's a little unclear where players are going to go in the meantime. We might learn that some players test positive, for instance, but I think we might be in for a bit of a down period after all this news came over the last few days, because at this point, what can MLB really decide without knowing when they can return what the situation in the country is going to be like, let alone in these ballparks and clubhouses. Right. And obviously there are more pressing and larger concerns than baseball going on, but you are listening to a baseball podcast now. So presumably you do care about when baseball will be back and baseball means something to you. And that really may determine how soon baseball could resume, let's say, after the situation is contained, if it is, hopefully, how long a lead time you would need to actually start playing. And 
that may kind of depend on what the players are doing in the interim. So there's been a, a lot of conversation, and I think we all probably agree that spring training doesn't necessarily need to be as long as it currently is for players in this era to get into game condition. First of all, a lot of them are in game condition year round. They're training, they're at facilities in the offseason on their own. And I think if you said, okay, spring training is going to be a month now instead of six weeks and pitchers and catchers will report a couple weeks later and you gave everyone notice that that was the case, I don't think that would be a problem. But they didn't do that. They planned for the regular spring training. And so you can't necessarily compress your ramping up for the season into a, a shorter time, especially for pitchers who need to get their arms into condition and Granted, if the whole league is a little bit behind where it typically is at this point in the year or whenever they do resume play, then maybe it's not as big an impediment as it is for, say, a specific player who misses spring training while everyone else was there and is kind of behind. If the whole league is a little bit behind, then maybe it just sort of evens out as long as you're not actually putting anyone at risk because they haven't prepared to throw a baseball, let's say. But if the players have to go home or choose to go home because they feel it's safer or want to be with their families, then they won't necessarily have access to training facilities. They won't necessarily be able to throw. Maybe they can stay in shape, but they won't be able to work on the baseball skills that they normally would in spring training games or even in scrimmages or sim games or training facilities. And so that might mean that you, once the league, once the country sounds the all clear, if that happens at some point, then you'd still need to build in, I don't know exactly how long, a couple weeks longer, because at that point, it sort of depends how long they've been inactive. And do they then need to work back up to where they are now, let alone where they typically are on opening day? I think uh, in 1995, just because we've been using that as an example, they basically had a rushed spring training period once they resolved the strike uh, in advance of the regular season starting. And then uh, I think teams were allowed three extra players on the roster for the first few weeks, uh, presumably because pitchers weren't fully stretched out yet. You might need extra relievers if starters can only go four innings instead of seven innings. Uh, so maybe that's a possibility if they want to get games started again as quickly as possible. But it's, as you were saying offline earlier, if it affects everyone equally, then sure, that might not be as big of a deal, but it could certainly affect the quality of play, even if it's not providing a competitive imbalance. Right. And then the other consideration that there's already been some discussion about is the financial implications. And obviously, safety comes first, I would hope, although not necessarily for all MLB owners. So that has already been a topic of discussion. If there are fewer games, if the season is not just delayed but shortened, whose paychecks does that come out of, essentially, especially if you have to play games without fans in the stands and you have lower revenues as a result of that? Does that mean that players get docked because those games aren't being played because that revenue isn't coming in? Does that mean that the owners take the hit? Obviously, each side will have its own position and the players, I think, will say that they should be paid. But the owners may try to say, well, it's a virus. It's essentially an act of God. And therefore, we are not responsible. We shouldn't shoulder the entire financial load here. So 
That's something that, especially given the backdrop of the upcoming CBA negotiations and the ongoing strife about labor conditions in MLB, that could potentially intensify those. Or if there's already bad blood because of these other issues going on, then maybe that becomes a point of contention. And so I don't know whether that might make it more likely that the entire schedule will be played or not, just to avoid that question entirely. But that is something that I'm sure came up on the owner's conference call with Rob Manfred on Thursday. It's really hard to wrap your mind around all of the potential ripple effects. Uh, I've also been following what's happening in basketball and basketball, which has suspended its season reportedly at least 30 days there's been some debate about whether they're going to complete their entire season, just move straight to the playoffs. Uh, but if they complete their entire season, it's been said that that might push games into August. Normally, the basketball season ends in June, and then you have the draft and free agency and the Olympics and all these other staples to the calendar, really. And if the NBA season goes into August, then all of those things would need to be changed. The I think the league like the official financial year would have to change. And that just creates a whole mess. And I'm not sure if baseball would run into all of those same scenarios because the draft is different. The Olympics are different, but it still would create these vast ripple effects that I think nobody is really capable of anticipating all of them right now, just because things are happening so quickly and we can't look that far ahead to the future. But I think the financial aspect is a huge part of it. You are already sort of seeing that when Washington State, which was the first to close down large outdoor gatherings, uh, so the Mariners couldn't host their home opener, and that was going to be moved to Arizona. And reportedly, MLB was trying to figure out where they could play, because even though the Diamondbacks have a spring training facility there, MLB wanted them to go to a bigger stadium so they could sell more tickets. So I think finances have been a part of this from the beginning, and that's not necessarily surprising given the amount of money involved, but I think I mean, obviously, we would hope that takes a backseat to doing what's best for everyone involved for nine financial reasons. Right. And, you know, Michael and I alluded to this yesterday, but big picture, it is kind of just disquieting and disheartening that this has happened. Again, it's completely appropriate that it has happened. If anything, it happened too slowly. But the fact that we'll be without baseball at this time of year, and I don't want to get to Ken Burns baseball about it, but, you know, opening day and spring and a right of renewal and new life. And instead, we're getting the opposite of that. And we don't have baseball, which is just the soundtrack to so many people's lives and springs and summers and so often has been a source of solace for people. And you think of the FDR green light letter during World War II and, and saying that it would be best for the country to keep baseball going as a distraction, as something to think about that is not the ongoing source of stress and tragedy. And baseball has always been that and other sports to an extent as well that maybe it will temporarily suspend play in the wake of a tragedy, but then it'll come back and it'll bring people together. And that's really one of the more insidious things about this is that the nature of the coronavirus is that it forces us apart, right? It prevents us from bringing ourselves together because that's the worst thing we could do. The best protection against the spread of the virus is that we stay on our own. We isolate ourselves. And that means that these communal activities that 
have an almost religious aspect to them, not to make too much of it. But, you know, you gather in these sports cathedrals and you worship these athletes in a sense. And in a way, that almost makes it worse in the sense that culture has kind of come to a halt this week. Very suddenly, major sporting events, major movies, everything is getting postponed and the normal flow of business and entertainment is just sort of stopping. So this is not a situation where you say, well, at least I can put the game on for a few hours to forget about our problems. The fact that you can't do that is just another reminder of the problem. Uh, I've been thinking about that World War II parallel a lot. As I said, for World War One, this this season was shortened, but that wasn't the case in World War Two. In fact, baseball was expanded in World War Two because they added the women's league, which inspired the best baseball movie ever made, a league of their own. Uh, <laughs> but other sports were canceled during uh, World War Two, the Olympics, the World Cup, but Major League Baseball continued. Obviously, now that's untenable. But I think just to underscore how quickly these things are changing and how we really have no idea what's going to happen with the season or the schedule just as we were recording now, The Athletic, in a, uh, in a story, said that Illinois' governor, where you know the Cubs play and the White Sox play, the White Sox, who we just wrote, had a whole day on the site about how this is going to be their year. Oops. Right. Um, yeah, Illinois' governor says that uh, he is recommending to all of Chicago's professional teams that statewide major sporting events should be shut down throughout all of April. So if that ends up being the case then Major League Baseball can't return in Chicago for at least three weeks beyond the date to which they've already postponed. So I think April 8th is the initial date they've postponed to, but I would be really surprised if that actually ends up being anywhere close to when baseball can actually return. Well, this is obviously an evolving situation in many ways. It is for baseball. It is for us at the Ringer MLB show the regular preview slate that we had in mind leading up to opening day. We're going to push that back along with baseball. And so when baseball looks like it's going to be back, we will be back. And if there are any other major developments in the meantime, perhaps we will bring you a special show. But obviously, this is all developing very quickly. There may even have been further developments by the time you hear this, but there's no way to keep pace with the news here. So we wanted to get this up as a reaction, as an update to what we talked about last time. And of course, we hope that you all stay safe and that baseball will be back as soon as possible and that we will be back to talk to you as soon as possible so zach thanks for joining me stay safe 